Welcome to CTRM Radio, home of the official podcast of Commodity Technology Advisory and your source for information on all matters related to CTRM. Hello, I'm Patrick Reams with Commodity Technology Advisory and welcome to this episode of CTRM Radio. CTRM Radio is a production of ComTech, hosted on CTRMcenter.com and sponsored by Inuit, an award-winning provider of CTRM solutions to the global marketplace. In this episode, we're taking a look at what companies seeking to purchase or implement CTRM software need to consider as they begin down the path of onboarding a new system. History has shown that energy and commodity companies often underestimate the time, effort, and costs associated with these efforts. Previous research by ComTech has shown that it's common that implementations often fail to yield the benefits expected when companies begin their selection and implementation efforts, and in fact, complete failures in which the purchase system is never, gets, never really gets put into live production have occurred at a somewhat surprising and alarming rate. So what can companies do to ensure they're best positioned to be successful when purchasing and implementing a CTRM software product? What are the top critical success factors that must be considered and addressed? Also, how has the pandemic changed things in an environment where face-to-face interactions are limited and have previously been key to ensuring that the various teams involved, including the user company who's implementing the software, the vendor who provided the software, and third-party consultants, were all on the same page and in alignment as to the project goals, activities, and deliverables. To explore these questions, we spoke to four different experts, including three from consulting firms that specialize in ETRM, CTRM selections and implementations, and a vendor uh, of software, I rely to get their thoughts. First, we spoke with Mr. Lance Laubach, a partner with Essentia, a U.S.-based CTRM consulting firm. So I'm visiting today uh, with Mr. Lance Laubach, a partner with Essentia Energy. Uh, Lance is a long-term veteran of this space and somebody who's seen a lot of uh, ETRM, CTRM selections and implementation. So I, I wanted to reach out to him and get his thoughts on kind of the key question that we're looking at today, which is when uh, companies are considering uh, acquiring a new ETRM, CTRM system, both through the selection process and through the implementation process, what are the the really critical success factors they need to to think about and and start to really work towards establishing uh, in that process? Lance, if you could give me like your top three or four, uh, that would be great. Appreciate it. Sure. Yeah. Glad to be with you today, Patrick. Yeah. Narrowing, narrowing down that list of success factors. So there's there's a few that I think we've always made the list. The long-term viability of the solution and the vendor, kind of supportability. So talent in the marketplace, as well as the technology stack, if you look at it from that perspective and the flexibility of the solution, which I think is especially important in today's world. but you know, if I have to circle back, and this encompasses you know my time on the vendor side, you know on the consulting side, work with dozens of companies around these types of decisions. Yeah, you know, I really always had three in mind, and one is uh, identify and prioritize those requirements and the decision criteria, and that seems a bit fundamental because it is. I think there's just a lot of decisions that people may embark on a journey around their CTRM or ETRM solution, and and uh, just kind of fall into. Uh, what other people are using as, as leading solutions or uh, what their peers are using and, and don't really step back to think about today versus tomorrow. Uh, 
you know, a single solution versus something that's more modular and, and maybe best of breed, uh, how to prioritize things like the vendor as part of that decision criteria. And so to do that up front, um, for the companies I've seen be more successful and not only selecting, but then implementing the solution, they, they really step back and, and uh, prioritized up front this idea of, of knowing where, where they want to end that whole process. And as just as one part of that would be my second point is, is fit for purpose. Uh, does it meet your business needs? Uh, chatting just yesterday uh, with a, uh, a client and, and a former colleague, um, and, and they were lamenting over, over going through a process and, and having someone on the other side of the table who's proposing a solution, not even understanding their business. So that didn't give a lot of faith that the solution was gonna meet that need either. But once you get to that end of the journey, um, you know, if your trade group and your, and your uh, accountants and others that are interacting with the solution, the, the people that are gonna deal with the data on the back and the analytics, and don't have their needs met, then, then um, you know, that solution is not gonna be successful in the end. Um, and then I think the third uh, underlying point uh, is the implementation team. And when I say that, it's not just, you know, the third parties that may help implement a solution, but also the internal commitment to that from everything from the steering committee to having the right people engage with the solution um, during the implementation to having the right plan of attack on how to support it on the back end. Um, but there are many a, a client uh, or someone in the industry that has you know, selected a solution that would meet their needs, uh, but at the end of the day, been, been unsatisfied because uh, the team, and here I'll point mostly to the external team, be it from the vendor or third-party consultants, really aren't helping them implement it in the best way. So the solution could meet their needs, very well should be, their peers are successful on it, but frankly, the implementation failed because of uh, some combination of lack of knowledge, uh, best practices, or execution uh, with the third parties that were uh, helping uh, along the way. And and when you mentioned failure, I assume you're you're not talking about complete failure necessarily, but but certainly if the system falls short of the 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 intended use uh, when they laid out their their initial capabilities they needed and ensuring that it was fit for purpose as as to your other points. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and it could be that it actually meets the needs, but then they step back and look to see what their uh, support load is and their cost. And they realize they've done a ton of customization that may or may not have, sometimes may not have been needed uh, or that they implemented something because someone thought that was the best way to, to do that. But at the end of the day, you know, there was a more efficient streamlined process even within the technology to make that happen. Uh, so sometimes it's not meeting the business needs at the end of the day, sometimes it is, but in a you know less efficient manner than it than it could. When you think about those three factors you laid out there, or, or any others, uh, what's been the impact uh, of the change in technology that we've seen, the movement towards the cloud, but then also other external factors like the the impact of the pandemic and remote working and uh, remote implementations. That has has your has your view of the critical success factors beyond those top three, or even including those top three, because I assume we throw team in there too, you, you end up doing some kind of remote stuff. Has, has your view necessarily changed, or uh, what, do you, what do you see as kind of the, the critical factors in this new environment that we're in? Yeah, I think you know, there's, there's a few things to touch on here. I'd say fundamentally the, those criteria have changed, but some of the dynamics within them 
um, have shifted. I think one is around the flexibility of the solutions. Uh, it speaks to the cloud and whether or not you're interested in being in a multi-tenant situation or in a, or in a private cloud hosted situation because the vendors have different offerings there. And as you might imagine, you know, the younger or newer vendors that are in the space that don't necessarily have the legacy architectures and, and kind of configurations and set up to have to deal with uh, seem to be a little more nimble in that space. So prioritizing, you know, where you stand on the cloud and what's important to you, not only today, but in the future is a piece of that. But flexibility, I mean, the, the carbon sustainability related push, uh, needing to manage credits, certs, some of the other things that have come along in that space is, is not only a hot topic because the clients are, are needing support in that arena, but you're seeing some people that are trying to come in with best of breed solutions and, and maybe very effectively uh, focus simply simply in that space. So this idea of, of the older guard solutions have flexi having flexibility to go tackle some of those versus whether or not you're selecting best of breed with, the, with that, there's platform plays, what I would call more platform plays out there, which allow for a lot of configurability. So this modularization or flexibility of the solution, I you know, has always been important, but it feels like it's a little more heightened in, in importance today. Gary spoke with Martin Hiller of Fours, a German-based CTRM consulting firm. Critical success factors when it comes to implementing a CTM or ETM uh, solutions. So what I can tell you, Gary, from, from my experience, and I've worked on, on some um, smaller, but especially larger implementations for new CTM projects or implementations, from my perspective, maybe to frame a bit the situations that you usually have for organizations is that either you look out for a new vendor that um, provides a new software for for your business processes as a CTM solution or what is um, the second case that I see is that you might stay with the same vendor but uh, for some reasons you start a more or less a greenfield project so do a complete new configuration and re-implementation of your business processes of the functionality that you need it might be triggered by a major version upgrade from the vendor or due to some other reasons. Um, so these are the two basic um, situations that I see that the clients face. The third one would be, but that's very untypical, that a client has nothing at all. And um, so no, no um, current solution, no matter if it's something built in-house or some external vendor already. And now he's seeking out for having a CTM solution to support his new business. That's, I think, very rare. For the other two cases, I think what is a very crucial point and a very crucial component to take care of is to understand your current situation. So to perform a sort of an as-is analysis. What do I mean with that? For example, you need to understand what is your current architectural design. So what are the components that are currently connected to, to your CTM systems. Mm -hmm. Is there an MDM um, solution that is uh, linked to it? Is there maybe a forecasting tool that is linked to it? So all services and com components build around it. And of course, what comes with it to understand the interfaces and the data imported to the CTM system or exported. Yeah. Or another component, uh, what I mean with as-is analysis, what are the current business processes that I am performing in my current solution? And on top, 
what might be new requirements from end users and stakeholders that will work with a new solution the, in the future. And I think this is really a very, very crucial point to have not uh, understanding in every detail along those components, but to have an, an, a good understanding about the current situation. Why? Because it will have a major impact on certain project phases, on all project phases that will come afterwards. Mm -hmm. And one of them is thinking of the organization that is seeking for a new software vendor. One of them is choosing the, the software, the new software, the new vendor that I want to go with. So to render a system selection process. I mean, there the main goal from my point of view is to, to choose uh, the vendor that provides the best functionality for you. It doesn't need to be the, uh, the vendor that has most asset classes and most functionality. There might also be the vendor that is most expensive. Um, so you need to understand what is really a system and a software that fits to my needs, to my requirements and to my current situation. Yeah. To get the best out of a system selection process, to choose the vendor that you really that, that adds most benefits for you uh, while keeping costs still uh, reasonable and low, uh, you need to understand really well what is my current situation and what are my requirements um, towards a new vendor and software. Also on top, uh, when running a vendor uh, a system selection process, you need to think of how can I make system, different vendors comparable. And that's not straightforward. It might sound easy, but um, vendors give you information in different formats in different ways um, and to standardize that process function, from a functional point of view, from a technical point of view, but also from a commercial point of view is not straightforward. And we have seen that rather often in our projects, what we have done is together with our clients, we have developed a questionnaire with more than 800 questions. Um, I mean, this, these questions are customized for the client at the end for his uh, or her specific uh, case. And then you end up with, I don't know, 200 questions maybe that each vendor has to answer in a consistent and comparable way. And that allows you to compare at the end yeah. the vendors. But again, you need to understand what is my current situation asset and maybe on top new requirements. The other, the other case, uh, so um, an organization that is not seeking out for a new vendor, but maybe goes with the existing vendor, but uh, does a re-implementation. Also there, you need to understand uh, what is the current situation as I outlined. And because the next step there, and also for the other case where you choose a new vendor, usually you start then to, to set up the project, which comes with budget planning as well. You might have already an idea before that, how much it might cost, but uh, once you really chose a, a vendor to go with, you do usually a, a more detailed budget planning and, I guess everybody that has, that has been part of such a project of an implementation of a CTM or ETM solution um, might have seen that the initial budget um, estimate was not sufficient. I think that's not something new, especially for monolith systems. That's something I think not too uncommon. And from my point of view, one reason for that is because it's not entirely clear at the beginning what is my current situation? And what do I need to do to get from there to the new implementation? Mm -hmm. 
And that requires um, not just a few days of, of, of uh, sitting together with, with experts who um, will be part of the implementation project. It requires a bit more time, but I think that is really worth to invest this at the beginning because you will have higher quality in project planning, you will higher, have higher quality and more precise uh, forecasting in terms of milestones, when will I have uh, delivered uh, certain aspects, and especially, I think you are more precise than when it comes to budget planning. And that's for me one key success factor for a successful implementation. I mean, it can also work otherwise that you need to have five or six rounds of, of refining the budget. And that is lengthy. That is really not something nice to go through as a project. So rather keep that, that efforts that come later back again anyway to you, rather do that invest that time at the beginning to come up with a more precise project plan and budget planning. And then thinking a bit forward, what is then very crucial from my point of view is that when I mean, you get the people with the right skill set. I mean, a big part at the beginning is always um, requirement analysis. It's not that easy, but it's doable to find a good uh, business an analysts that uh, perform that work. Um, but I think what is really sometimes, depending on the vendor, quite difficult is to find people that are able to configure a certain system up to the needs of the organization. And, and, and that can be tricky to find those people. Also, what is in, in that context, talking about uh, requirement and analysis, very important, is to think about a proper way to involve the stakeholders, Yeah, especially the end users that will at the end use the system and also approve more or less the implementation. And uh, looking into uh, how organizations work and how those people work, their daily job is not to provide requirements. Their daily work is not to be involved in those kind of bigger projects of implementing CTM systems. Their daily work is different. There might be traders, there might be risk managers, there might be mid-office people. So it doesn't work to tell them, please tell me your requirements because that would just fail. Yeah. So it's worth spending some time and thinking of how can I reach an involvement um, where I get out the, the right information needed for all the requirements, because that will dictate the success at the end of the implementation to some part. If I don't implement what the, or understand what the, the end users need, I cannot implement that. Also, when it comes then to testing or approving the implementation, I need again to think of what are the right people to involve? How do I set up the testing? It does not work to tell a trader, hey, please test this functionality, it's there now. That will very likely fail. And uh, probably you only realize that it's failed when, when you're close to go live or after go live, when the trader then really works the first time with that functionality. And so you need to think of proper procedures um, also for uh, the, the approval of and testing of the implementation. Yeah. Also, I think to outline, which is maybe not directly a key success factor for the implementation, uh, but I think uh, an, an organization needs to think first and not just about implementing um, a solution, but also operating the solution. So once it's, um, it's live, I think you need to, already before you think, you need to think of a, a proper operational model to make sure that there's a seamless uh, transition from the go live to the regular daily work and operations 
and whenever things are breaking or failing that you have um, a team that is um, skilled enough to to support end users and um, usually the old operational model doesn't work uh, you need to think a bit of how what do we need to change in order to make sure the new solution is also usable and in case it fails that i can support end users sufficiently Absolutely. The other thing you always hear is is um, making sure that you've got uh, senior management buy-in. And I'm never quite sure what that means in terms of a project. What does that really mean? From my point of view, you need. I mean, we talked. Or I talked a little bit about uh, stakeholder involvement, but I'm focused more on the work level. So having yeah. the traders, the risk managers involved. For, I mean, that's all very important, but. I mean, at the end, you need a commitment also from management level. So maybe the, the head of, of trading, head of risk management, they need to understand what you're doing. From my point of view, they, they want to understand. I mean, often those parts or organizations are also sponsoring to at least some part the whole project. It's up also to their responsibility to deliver at the end that project. So they want to understand at least on some level, what is your approach? To the project and understand uh, what is the status uh, time by time to get the feeling that uh, things are moving in the right direction which is more than fear and to maintain or, or establish that communication is sometimes not easy at all managers or management level might not be too much available information might be communicated in the wrong way that is not uh, absorbable in the way that management would like to have it so you need to, to make sure that you find the right way to communicate with the, with the management. And, when it, and only then you can guarantee that you get the commitment uh, right. from them. Because if they understand what you're doing, if that sounds reasonable to them, only then you will get the support from them. If you don't get that, and there is the perception coming up in an organization that the project is not delivering as it should be, then it gets you get easily as a project as a project manager into the situation that you don't get support from management and that they rather that they look around rather soon for um, maybe new project members and a new project manager without maybe even knowing in detail um, what the approach is what the current status is and if it's really the right time to to exchange parts of the project team Next, Glenn Ragland, a partner with Capco, a global consulting firm, also shared his thoughts with me. We're talking with Mr. Glenn Ragland, a partner with Capco, a global scale consulting and integration uh, firm that addresses multiple markets, uh, one of those in particular being energy and uh, commodity trading. wanted to bring Glenn into the conversation today to get his thoughts on kind of the, the question that's been on my mind, and, and that's what do companies need to know as they begin down the path of selecting and implementing a new CTRM, ETRM solution? What are the critical success factors that, that have to be considered? So, so Glenn, that really is the question, our, our first question for you this morning is, what do those companies need to consider? What's your top three, four, five list uh, in, in terms of critical success factors that companies do need to take into account as, as they begin that, that journey towards a new system. Patrick, thank you uh, for inviting me. I definitely appreciate it. But to answer your question directly, the top three 
critical success factors. Let's let's start with what I consider to be the most important, regardless of whether it's a CTRM or ETRM, but with any system, which is you know having that executive buy-in, making sure that you have clearly defined goals and objectives that have been communicated to the organization as a whole and especially those that it's going to impact. The second is don't forget to change management aspect of this. You know, more systems implementations fail as a result of change management, organizational change impacts versus technical implementations. I mean, it's it's fairly straightforward to stand up a new software as long as you understand your functional requirements, but getting the organization to accept it is a whole different ball game. And so, you know, that is a key area in which, you know, you need to focus. And and third is, you know, making sure that as you're engaging with the IT organization and business organization to identify, you know, the, the requirements, you know, again, tie it back to those goals and objectives, make sure you stay focused on those goals and objectives. Otherwise you can end up with a runaway project fairly easily. That would probably be the top three. If I had to add one more in there, I would say, you know, leverage experts in helping you with this implementation. You know, not very many organizations, at least that I'm aware of, have excess capacity to take on a whole new implementation while conducting daily operations within their organization. So leverage outside help to get this done. Someone that has actually done it before with experienced staff. Those are all all excellent points. And, and I think you, you brought up the, the F word, <laughs> failure. Uh, we, we have seen over time, many implementations have failures. And, and when I say failures, I'm not talking about complete failures where they just absolutely don't work. Uh, the system just doesn't ever get into production, but more incomplete or suboptimal implementations. If you, if you think about it from that perspective, is there is there one of those four that you just mentioned that uh, is could be the most critical in terms of ensuring that you do meet all of the goals laid out? Or is it, uh, would that be the change management? Would that be executive buy-in? Is there they're one of those that, that helps you ensure that you do meet all of the goals that you, you initially laid out. I'm not sure I would say that there's one, Patrick, but there's definitely two in, in priority order for me is if, if you don't have executive sponsorship and buy-in, and like I said, in that clear communication to the organization as to why the company is undertaking and the benefits to the company and and to the employees, right? And make it something that they can relate to. That is just a recipe for failure right off the bat. But then you need to follow that up with, you know, a a formalized, in, in my opinion, formalized change management program so that the communication about what's coming, when it's coming, how it's going to affect the employees, how it's going to affect your clients and your customers, that is critical. As I said earlier, being successful standing up in a new system from a technical perspective, a lot of companies are able to do that. But getting that full adoption of the system and getting the benefits, the reason that you went into doing this to begin with, that fails more often than not. And more often than I'd like to 
see in the industry because of poor change management being applied to a project. Right, right. Looking back over the last several years and the impact of the pandemic, uh, clearly that's been been disruptive to the industry to say the least. Uh, we've also seen um, increased regulation. We've seen changes in technology with, with cloud delivery, cloud native solutions. Have those changes, those impacts of those uh, those events, those those evolutions, has that kind of changed the whole dynamic for you uh, in terms of delivering, uh, selecting and delivering uh, ETRM, CTRM software? Fundamentally, no. Our, our top criteria really has remained the same. It, it really has not mattered, you know, in terms of the market conditions, the pandemic, um, the technology changes. I mean, yes, the skill sets needed to do the implementation, going back to that subject matter expertise that you want to bring in, might have morphed over the last, you know, just say three to five years. But the, the foundation, the basics, right? Again, understanding those goals and objectives, having your executive buy-in, having a formal change management program, in addition to the, the technical aspects of doing your, your basic business analyst, defining your requirements, you know, making sure that those get implemented property or properly. That, as I said, you know, really has not changed as a result of the technology. I mean, those are still just the foundations. Lastly, we wanted to get the vendor perspective. So we visited with KR, VP of services at iRely to get his insights. Uh, so we're visiting with uh, KR from uh, iRely. Uh, talking about uh, critical success factors when companies are looking to acquire or implement new CTRM systems. Uh, KR, what do, you, what do you view as kind of the, the top three, top four, whatever you view as the most critical success factors for, for companies that are, are looking to uh, implement or uh, even select uh, CTRM systems? Sure, Patrick. First item on, on the top is uh, any successful ICTRM implementation requires strong support from the client's executive management team. That is very important and critical, followed by their senior business users, super users. The reason because uh, as it is, change is difficult in any organization. So often you will feel a lot of resistance towards any new process changes or software. So that's one of the reasons it's very important that people at the highest level of an organization proactively promoting the new system and, and highlighting what, what is there out in the market and what it can do, how it can help. Doing such kind of prep sessions or, or some kind of an introductory thing will make the whole team more organized and more oriented towards the newer system or for a process change. That would make the whole process much more smoother. Right. And, and next, I mean, the, the same item itself, the next important thing also, right? Uh, for example, that's the second one. That's our, which we rate it as the second, the, the topmost one, which is any implementation. For example, when it has to start, everyone needs to have a clearly defined business objectives for the project. And which is very important because uh, most of the time, if that is not uh, discovered and everything is left to open or if it's not clearly defined, then it's, it's always a case where two months, three months down the line, people realize that this is not what we thought, this is how we thought, and that's, it's always going to cause an issue. And, and that's one of the reasons at iRely, what we have done is 
we have defined a process called business process review, which we call it as BPR. During the BPR process, we thoroughly evaluate that we ask the customers to bring all their existing business processes. And uh, we go over that not only with their management team, we go over with their business users. And the whole idea is for us to understand how exactly they do their process. And then what we do is we map uh, that process you know, to what the system offers or what we think is the best way how they can achieve efficiency or and so on and so forth, right? And by doing this, by doing the series of steps like these, what happens is two things. One, everybody is clear how the system is going to help them. And it's also going to make them feel more comfortable to how the new system is going to help them. And this doesn't stop there. It also goes towards all their document prints and how uh, different statements they are going to get. Uh, basically, they, they would get everything what they would get out of a new system yeah, as a preview during the PPR session, basically. You also get to see all the customizations, whatever that you may require, it's all clearly illustrated. So everyone is clear what they expect, actually. And this, we treat this uh, second uh, item in the list. And the third one, which we think is very critical, is also uh, to somehow work with the users and the management to see how team can use what is available in the system as out of the box. This is very important because the more you start using out of the box solutions and minimize customizations, this helps in two ways, right? One, you get to take the benefit of all the other uh, uh, customers who are in this domain, whatever over the years they might have gained efficiency and what we would have, I mean, built in the product based on our learnings, everything you get it ready-made, right? That is the benefit number one. Benefit number two, this also gives you an opportunity to really look at it, use it for six months or a year or so, then look at, okay, what do you think further you can do it? That will make you a lot more easier rather than just because you do it today, let's make this customization. Coming finally to end this part, what we feel as the most important thing on any of these project execution is realistic plan for the project basically. So that everybody is clear, everybody is clear when what is going to happen and clear visibility is there top to bottom. It's not just management saying something, but team thinks another way around, right? So these are the four things, Patrick, that we think are the critical success factors. When you think about it, and in particular, I'm, I'm thinking about your, your BPR process, has that been impacted over the last uh, year or two by, by COVID? Are you, are you, have you changed the way you're, you're deploying that, that BPR process, working with clients? And has the new environment changed the way you approach uh, implementation? In fact, the pandemic has kind of accelerated to, to the whole process wherein we moved the whole process, like for example, our BPR process and our project design phase, go live phase, including hypercare, everything across cities, countries with time zones with our customers, we have moved remote. I mean, because of the pandemic, right? Now, this is a huge positive outcome. Now, if you ask us, I mean, uh, about three years back or two and a half years back, I'm sure even we ourselves uh, wouldn't have I mean, agreed or even our customers wouldn't have been prepared for it. So to that extent, that's the huge positive outcome. But of course, it also comes up with uh, uh, some other kind of collaborational challenges, right? 
because everybody is remote, even customers, offices are spread over different countries, different cities. So what happens is when you especially look at a newer way of doing things, now everyone has different opinions. Team members among themselves may agree, uh, some may not agree to the way how everyone else wants to do. So th these are I mean, things which what you could have clearly easily resolved by face-to-face -face meetings and interactions. Those challenges, I mean, during remote, you may have to have extra few sessions. We from IRLI, what we do is we try to connect them. If we know, I mean, both of sometimes three, four teams when they talk to each other, they may all mean the same thing, but just the way how one puts across, the other one thinks it's different. So we try to bring them together, try to bring out the positive thing of what the other person says and try to bring them. So that, of course, eventually everybody agrees and 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 uh, comes to a common way of how they want to do it. But it takes that extra little effort right, to resolve, especially this type of an issue. That That's what we see as the negative aspect of it. But, but there are a lot of positives on this. So, from our experience, what we see is once the pandemic is completely behind us, we feel a hybrid of on-site and remote model may be the best way to move forward because that kind of achieves uh, the best of both worlds, basically. As noted by several of our experts and implied by all, one of the most critical success factors is the need for strong executive support at the selection and implementation process. As a former head of implementations for several software companies, I can personally attest to the need for ensuring the entire organization is on board when implementing a new system. ETRM, CTRM systems can be incredibly complex and, the, and affect virtually all aspects of a wholesale commodity company. Without everyone in that organization being on board with that effort and properly aligned for success, the chances of project failure, either in part or whole, increase dramatically. So if you are with a company beginning the journey towards deploying a new CTRM system, remember success starts at the top. The company's leadership needs to be clear as to their support for the project and ensure that they bring to bear the resources necessary to ensure that success. Without that type of support, the project's unlikely to succeed. So that's it for this episode of CTRM Radio, and I'd like to thank all of our experts for sharing their insights and experiences. For future episodes, please continue to visit ctrmcenter.com website. Uh, please like, share, and subscribe if you found this episode helpful and insightful. For CTRM Radio and Contact Advisory, I'm Patrick Reams. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to CTRM Radio, a podcast by leading industry analysts, Commodity Technology Advisory. You can find more information about us at ComTechAdvisory.com and much more news, views, research, and information on CTRM at the CTRM Center at CTRMCenter.com. Thank you for joining our presenters, managing partners Patrick Reams and Gary M. Basie and their guests today, and we hope to see you on a future edition of CTRM Radio.